0: Welcome to We Gotta Talk, a live weekly talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. From health to relationships to alternative lifestyles and more, the one thing you will always get is a deep dive. I'm Sunny, a 15-year veteran of TV news, freelance writer, blogger, mom of three, and wife, but most of all, I'm just a die-hard oversharer, someone who's genuinely curious about well, everything around me. And I can't wait for you to join in on these conversations that I promise will impact, inspire and entertain you. Now, let's talk. hey everybody welcome to episode 96 of we gotta talk i am sunny and i'm so grateful that you are here today we have some good stuff for you this year has been all about bringing ourselves back into alignment spiritual journeys understanding what's going on below the surface and how it relates to our physical health too so today's guest is dr brooke stewart she's a holistic doctor that's been on the show a couple of times before And I absolutely love her. We're going to talk about the connection between mental and physical health today, why you start to see strange physical symptoms pop up when you're stressed and some very specific things you can do to address that. So we will get to Dr. Brooke in just a second. But I do want to mention, if you're watching this live, guys, we have, so if you're listening on the podcast, this is out Thursdays. If you're watching live, you can see this on on Facebook, on YouTube. We are streaming live. Please do drop any questions. Um, we like to get to anything that we get live during the show kind of immediately. So yeah, we do have some viewer questions that were submitted through Instagram. And if you did submit one of those, we got some really, really, um, interesting questions. We're going to get to those in the second half of the show. So stay tuned for Dr. Brooke. In the meantime, I want to bring on producer Rachel to do a little bit of a catch up. Rachel's back in LA living the Hollywood life. Hey girl. Oh yeah. I'm living the Hollywood life (laughs) Stories for you. She's in a dark corner. It's 7am there. Yes. Um, thank you for taking one for the team. Um, oh, I'm thinking about this topic um, energy and or, I'm sorry, mental health and physical health and routines and how we can sort of up our game range. As I was getting dressed for um, today's show, and I just realized there are so many things that I've given up on in this past year out of survival alone. And one of them this is just not very serious, but this no. is something that I've known. I've completely given up on any bras with an underwire or anything <laughs> remotely uncomfortable for me. I have worn the same pair of these like pleather sweat, <laughs> for every episode. I have Fully and completely given up on like style and sexiness, and it kind of sucks. So I, I had to ask if there's anything
1: that you've given up on too. You know, as you speak, I'm not even wearing a real bra either. It's a, it's like a, it's like a or sports bra kind of thing, but better. I just like I can't even do it anymore either.
0: I can't. I wonder if everyone else is feeling like that. We have such precious little energy to put out to like outside external things these days. And now we're all used to kind of being hermits. L- Literally, I do. N- I have n- a- an underwire has not touched my body. I, I don't even remember when. I should, yeah. Because before this, it was kids. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, my poor husband. <laughs> like <laughs> Sports bras and just like granny bras. Just amazing. So I know.
1: Well, I keep getting inundated on, on social media with, like, these brands that are, like, severe lingerie, like Savage Fenty by Rihanna and, like, some other things I never heard of that are, like, these right. extreme things. I'm like, right. where do you people think I'm going to be putting this on? <laughs> Rachel, what <laughs> are
0: you talking about to get served those ads?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. I, like, I, I'm just like, why is this all of a sudden coming to me? And so... Who the heck knows I mean I wasn't looking for anything explicit I promise <laughs> but I was uh,
0: say, things are listening speaking of explicit things and the dating world rage a while back I feel like we um, oh yeah we in Maine Rachel is our resident single person out on the scene <laughs> out of all the people that contribute to we gotta talk behind the scenes and and in front of the cameras and you have like just you have to tell us this quick um dating story that happened in Maine because oh yeah Reminds me to know.
1: Yeah. So I was on a uh, dating app because how else are we supposed to meet people today in quarantine? I This guy seemed really great, outgoing. We decide to have a quarantine safe date on the beach, you know, keep six distance. We're outside. Clicking great. So many things in common. Everything's going really well. We decide to go get a bite to eat. Uh, so we go to a restaurant and he's like, What size shoe do you wear? This is already already feeling really weird, but go ahead. I thought, oh, here we go. Here we go. Another one of these dates where it's (laughs) going to be some weird stuff happening. And I'm like, an eight? Why? And he's like, I'm getting you. I'm getting you L.L. Bean boots because I was so concerned about your feet on the beach because we were walking and your feet were going to get wet and I was so concerned. And so I'm ordering you boots right now. What do you think? Do you like? He pulls up his phone. He's like, do, 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 where do you want it to go? And normally, so here's something I've learned and adapted in this. Quarantine time. Normally I would have been like adamant that he not buy me a gift because I have such a hard time. And especially like a stranger, and then feeling like I owe him something, right? right. And especially in a date setting. But Here. I flipped that thinking and I was like, no, if this man wants to buy me boots, god damn it, I deserve <laughs> boots and I I am gonna take them.
2: Right, right, right. right. If he
1: wants to do this out of the goodness of his heart and feels this need to do this because i'm a good person too sign me up so he orders me the boots date goes great we talk for a week we have plans for dinner we go to dinner i get my boots we have a great time he ghosts me gone never heard from him again
0: here is my working theory on this because because first of all it's way too much generosity to show without some, like, you know, like without some kind of expectation. And the fact that he ghosted you, I feel like he was testing the waters for some kind of like fetish, some, I do. I, maybe he was like, you know what I mean? Like, why else would someone who you had so much in common with who, um, you know, would want to get you a nice gift and connect like this, then would just completely ghost you. Rachel just got a dog, by the way. She's like, get Ringo out of here. Anyway, that's what we're here. I feel like he was like, let's see if she tried these on in front of me. Let's see. I mean, I do. Anyway, it's crazy. And I hope I was going to say, I hope he comes back, but maybe I I don't actually
1: instead. Kim says, maybe you should have suggested a pair of Louboutins. (laughs) You know what? You're totally right, Kim. Um, They're good in the sand. I don't know about that, but yeah get more bang for your buck. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. All right. Well, we look forward
0: to keeping up with your life vicariously. Yes. Over just, as I just melt into a pool of unsexiness in my non-underwire bras and horrible underwear collection. <laughs> and I'm
1: getting uh, LL Bean boots and, and everything. The other thing I would say, just so everyone knows, I did follow up with him and say, hey, over text, I did say, hey, haven't heard from you in a while. Hope everything's okay. Still didn't hear anything. So that's I closed the loop and I was the, good person and didn't just leave it hanging but um those boots have come in handy since i got them. <laughs>
0: listen gotta get something out of it so yeah. anyway the lesson here guys is don't date foot fetishists and if you have a nice normal guy for rachel you need to hit us up on instagram just come to me i'll vet you at sunny abatta on instagram Please, <laughs> any good candidates
1: along to rachel because she's a catch And we will keep everybody updated waiting to hear about my dating life. In the meantime, I've just got a male dog and he's incredibly protective of me and like my guardian. And, uh, He's the most loyal man I've ever had in my life so far.
0: (laughs) Okay. Rachel, thank you. Enjoy Ringo, the new pup. Um, Before we get to Dr. Brooke and talk all about uh, healing ourselves through changing and shifting our perspective, I do want to give a very, very quick shout out to one of our show sponsors this week, Vitamin and Me. Vitamin and Me is all about your health and your wellness. Think of it as a match.com for vitamins. This company was founded by a Johns Hopkins educated nutritionist and the whole point of Vitamin and Me is to help you find the perfect vitamins and supplements for your routine. And the best part is they do this for kids too. So here's how it works. You take a short quiz on their website, communicate with the team if you have any questions, and then select your delivery schedule. Vitamin and Me sets you up with the perfect, already vetted vitamin brands that you know and trust, and helps you build a customized routine improves your health. I've personally been using the Claire Labs Omega-3 Minis and the Trace Minerals Complete Food Multi, both of which I really love. I love relying on Vitamin Me's delivery schedule and their team of experts when I have any questions about the vitamins I'm taking. One size does not fit all, so that's why Vitamin & Me is not a vitamin manufacturer. They're a vitamin matching service, and I have been so, so happy, guys, with the results I've seen from my vitamin routine so far.
2: So here's
0: what you want to do. If you want to get 30% off of your first order of vitamins from vitamin and me, go to their website, vitaminandme.com, take the short quiz. And with your first shipment, enter the code, we got to talk 30. That'll get you guys 30% off. Again, that is vitaminandme.com. Enter the code, we got to talk W E G O T T A T A L K 30. And that will get you 30% off your first shipment. So without further ado, let's bring in today's guest, Dr. Brooke Stewart, who is a holistic doctor. She's spent 11 years in the field, six years in practice. And she is also the founder of Let Go and Grow, which helps her clients with mental health and high performance and now you are officially the most talked to guest ever in the history of my podcast.
2: Yay! Oh my gosh, that's such an honor. I love I love your work and I was actually thinking as we were talking pre-show What I love so much about it is how real you are. And I think, you know, obviously that's a natural thing that you are so real. But at the same time, it's also one of those things that I think is intentional at the same time, because it takes intentionality to kind of drop that image and to bring yourself forward. And I think so many people can heal and relate to that. It starts everything more authentically, you know? Oh, my
0: gosh. First of all, thank you. And second of all, it is so funny you bring this up, Dr. Brooke, because I am the type of person who as soon as i get going, a complete open book. But interestingly, as it relates to energy and what we'll be discussing today, which is shifting perspective to heal, I found myself really turning inward lately. In fact, so much so that I have to kind of force myself out of the bubble to, you know, you know what I think happened is. When the entirety of the world kind of went into chaos, I saw that so many things were more important than what we were doing in our daily lives that I was like, shit, I, I just got to shut up for a while and let the universe give me this lesson. But you know, anyway, it's just interesting you say that because I do feel like it's a cyclical thing. And so many of us, while we gain benefits from being transparent and authentic, are really struggling this year. So I'm guessing you're seeing that reflected in your practice, too, with some of your clients who are just feeling a little off.
2: And I think that those natural cycles and rhythms are a part of being real. I think so many people are worried about about going through those cycles and those rhythms and through processing the ins and outs and the silence and also the the extroversion. And so it's kind of finding what works for you. And, uh, and different people are of course struggling with different things at this time and different issues are definitely being illuminated. And of course, as we'll talk, I think step one is always owning your energy, owning your perspective, and so that you can actually begin to work from it from a place of, of knowing I'm taking ownership so that it can change versus the inverse, which would be this delusional version of reality that we're all seeing go down right in front of our eyes where nothing is solid ground and where everything is always fluctuating. How can we take ownership of the stillness and the truths that that lie within so that we can actually work with and move forward and walk on solid ground, you know?
0: Absolutely. I I, want to give you guys a quick um, note to drop any questions you have for Dr. Brooke as we continue live on the stream. We have Kim here. So Kim, I know that you've been chatting already. The second half, we're going to get to all the specific questions. So make sure you guys uh, leave your thoughts there. Um, Yeah, Brooke, the the word that really stuck out in the last... um, couple of paragraphs we've been been going through here is delusional. I think um, people have been confronted with themselves here for better and for worse. Um, So let's start because this topic is all about healing ourselves by shifting our perspective, by asking how we can truly get at how we are feeling and what our current perspective or challenges really are. How do you make people be honest with themselves.
2: Absolutely. So I think it starts with a desire and a receptivity to change when we're met with a challenge. And so when, and we all have multiple challenges in our lives, right? But so often it's almost like we don't want the peas to touch the carrots. And that's also a part of something that can be quite delusional and quite like controlling that OCD like behavior. But the truth is, is that it all blends, right? So when we talk about thoughts, feelings, physiology, life experiences, it's really all tied into us and there is this cohesion that takes place. And so if we begin to identify what's in plain sight, what is triggering us, what's causing distress and contraction, well, that's always step one. From there, we have to take that step back and actually begin to apply a perception that's empowering moving into working through these difficult challenges and actually shifting them into opportunities. And we'll talk more about that.
0: What is a question someone can ask themselves to get at the heart of where they are right now, um, to, to really have an
2: honest moment? Absolutely. So I think it starts with really, really acknowledging the truth. Like, what are your pain points? What is not working in your life? So often we tell ourselves these stories and we get caught up in webs of delusion and this imagery, right? Because we try to, we take pain away from ourselves continuously. We're like, oh, okay, like, you know, my man he probably isn't cheating or like, or like, you know, what whatever it may be, we like, don't want to believe what is actually in plain sight. Or better, it can change. You know all of these things. Well, it's not like, for example, with with health, right? Maybe we're covering it with different levels of medication. But instead of just doing the work, like for example, let's say somebody doesn't have any energy, right? And the answer is actually sleep. Well, how can we get someone to sleep better? Well, this takes us on a complete journey because sleeping well starts with living in alignment. It starts with waking up at a certain time, getting your circadian rhythms in check, Mm -hmm. making sure that you're actually engaging in your life experiences. So when you roll over to go to sleep at night, your mind isn't racing. So we've just touched on like four different aspects of a human being, but it really starts from the moment that we wake up and what happens is that especially in this culture, and this is what's breaking down in front of our eyes this year, I think, is we're so used to black, white, right, wrong, stop, start, that we have no idea how to work with the reality of the gray. So then we judge ourselves, right? Like, Oh, I'm getting to be an introvert or an extrovert. No, we all embody it all. And so we hold the space to allow for that expansion and that truth to actually transpire. Well, now we have something tangible we can actually work with, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. I personally find my, um, moments of honesty come this sounds weird in the shower. I'll immediately realize what is wrong with, I'll be able to put words to what's wrong. Or I've started sitting down for five minutes in total silence. It's not meditation. It's not anything fancy, but it's learning to be still and quiet with myself. So maybe, you know, maybe that's something people try to, because I consider myself a layman when it comes to, you know, anything involving meditation or connecting, up. you know, People need sometimes those deliberate actions to bring the feelings to the surface. Then you go to someone like Dr. Brooke and, you know, get it all figured out. So we're going to get into that now. Tell me what the scientific connection is, Dr. Brooke, between what's going on in here and what happens out here. And I will preface this by saying anyone who has ever experienced an anxiety or panic attack has chronic anxiety or depression, intimately knows the connection between the mental and physical symptoms. But I want to know from a scientific perspective what is happening up here that is targeting or that is changing things physically for us, whether it be a short issue in the example of a panic attack or a long term health issue that someone might suffer with.
2: Absolutely. So we're all intricately connected. And what happens is that anytime that we have something going on, for example, and I I break it down to a lot of it has to do with the stress response. I think it makes it it's a very easy way that we can all really relate to when it comes to to the science behind things because our body, basically the stress response predicated on not having feeling like we have a perceived threat coming in and we don't have the capability of addressing that perceived threat. So whether that is a life experience, like a broken relationship, whether that's a physiological stressor, like an allergen or a toxicant, or whether that is, is is something diet, mindset, lifestyle, anything related to those fields, it actually creates a sense of distress. Now, this is where we have to be clicked in and present to recognize this distress, this division, what's not working, how it's creating tension in our system, this contracted sort of state that we're bumping up against, and actually set the intention to release it. But if we look at the stress response, then it's easy to look at the science because it starts with perception, but it also has that physiological undercurrent where we're able to really feel physically that we're contracting. And then also because of that, our body signal to our minds that something's up, something isn't right. And so we're able to kind of begin to identify it that way to, to begin with. I think that that's a great kind of starting place when we're looking at the science of energy medicine.
0: I can hear people's questions as they hear this wonderful explanation you're giving. And there is a spectrum of issues people might have when it comes to things that trigger them physically. Someone might be more along the milder side of only experiencing um, situational anxiety all the way up to a clinical issue where someone experiences those symptoms and issues on a daily basis. So let's right at the outset here, talk about what these, who these practices might work best for. Is this someone who has a, who's, got a chronic issue of of depression or anxiety that you've treated and you've seen benefits from um, some of this uh, mental exercise? Or is it usually someone on the milder end of the spectrum who only experiences occasional issues?
2: So I find that in order to actually heal and walk in solid ground, we actually all need this process. And obviously, you know, I'm not saying that that has to be done through my practice, but in one way or another, we need to incorporate certain things that get us walking out on solid ground. The way I equate it into my practice is this. So there's this growth orientation in this health. They're both intricately connected. If you can visualize a figure eight, you can see how health and growth interact and support one another, but also help in this spiraled up trajectory. And so when it comes to growth, how can we learn more? How can we basically evolve to a space where there are not limitations? That's what frees the mind and the spirit to be able to have that vision and believe in oneself and go after it because that's something exciting. That's a pull with health. We have to look at evolution in terms of biology. We are in this human experience and we must anchor down and honor the vibration that matches our biology when it comes to diet, when it comes to lifestyle, when it comes to systematic input, does it work? And so in order to truly heal, to truly clear and release and actually experience freedom, we all need to have certain tenants in our lives. Now those can vary in terms of how they look, how they display themselves, but there are certain things like, for example, at the very beginning, when you were talking about, I need stillness, right? I need that five minutes to actually identify what does not work and what also is working so that i can begin to let go of it detangle it dismantle it and for the growth oriented piece let me focus on it let me let it develop let me actually work with my mind to create that through line and allow these ideas to develop forward by staying in that conversation we really really need both in order to to heal I asked
0: people yesterday, with a uh, on Instagram, a brief prompt before, um, actually, right next to a question, where I asked them what their challenges were, what the positive spots of this year have been so far. I was so encouraged to see that, um, despite the fact that we've all been experiencing challenges both inside and outside of ourselves, people have really been seeing some great things happen too. We had people, multiple people, say they've had had babies this year, healthy babies. One woman said she had a relationship that started shortly after the lockdown period started and I love this answer. Someone said there's been less drama in my friend circle because we don't see each other as often. I was like, that's hysterical, but true. Um, So anyway, I just, I had to drop that in there to show that there this, this can be a period of growth. And so I want to dial in right now with you on some practical steps to change our perspective and improve our health. So say I'm coming in as a patient, with anxiety, things that trigger me are my job. You know, every time I go into the office, I have a horrible coworker. Um, I really, and, and I'm finding myself exhausted, chronically ill, you know, whether it be a common cold or something else. What is the first thing you say to someone who is experiencing that type of, you know, daily trauma in their lives? And how do you get them to begin to shift their perspective?
2: Absolutely, so step one I find is owning it, right? In order to actually change anything, you have to own it. Now this doesn't mean that you have to fault or blame yourself or condone or like your past behavior, but it's more along the lines of, if you can own your experience, you can then begin to change it because now you're intricately connected. But we also have to look at why we wouldn't want to own it, right? Maybe it's painful, maybe we're afraid we're going to get caught up. And so if we can actually begin to connect with our lives, the changes that we want to make, that's step one. Step two I find is really, really taking on an empowered perspective, really seeing who we truly are, what we truly are and where we truly are in a completely different way. And I'll definitely provide resources to this um, to go that go a bit deeper into this. But I find that this is the step one in terms of actually freeing people in terms of energetically and literally dismantling so much in the blink of an I don't let my patients leave the first visit without it because if we can see ourselves for who we truly are being the creator of our reality simply because we have the power to choose choices then we can begin to also see what we're not that we are not our thoughts we are not our feelings we are not our past experiences we are not our symptoms we are not our diagnosis we are not our perf- uh, our appearance we are not our performance what we are right how can we begin to acknowledge what we truly are well this is has all to do with what feels expansive and empowering versus disempowering so so often we are see ourselves as these small human beings trapped in identities that that we have outgrown and so it can be very Mm -hmm. uncomfortable when we're trapped in an identity that we've outgrown and so this is where what are we right we're important we're valuable we're unique we're beautiful we're capable just for being who we truly are. And most people will give caveats to these statements. I don't. I'm literally like, this is who everyone is. This is what everyone is. Now it will manifest differently because we all have signature essence. We all have unique, unique gifts and talents that are placed within us, which will come to the surface and we all can work together on this. And that's part of embracing that and then applying these capabilities and these tools to actually allow them to come forth.
0: you know? This is why I love you. I mean, honestly, it's um, the care that you get when you work with a doctor who recognizes the existence of things beyond the physical self. Is just, I I mean, you want to be with someone like this. You want to be with someone who sees you, who can, make you look at yourself and say, okay, this is my challenge and this could be impeding my health. So I just, I love this so far. So step one was own it, find what it is that's blocking you. Step two was take on an empowered perspective. Let's dig into this step because I feel like this is where all the practical takeaways are. Um, Whether it's a mantra, whether it's, I, I don't know, you tell me when we get to step two as a client and these people are ready to break through that wall and feel
2: better mentally and physically, where do you start? Absolutely. So this is where we start in the so it's who, what, where, right? In the present moment, we have to look at like where we're getting trapped outside the present moment, whether it's the future, the past, checking out in substances or exercise or whatever it is. come back home our awareness believe it or not which is the cool part about energetic work and shifting our perception as actually healing in and of itself so if we can actually choose to shift the dial in the lens of our perception and observe these experiences immediately that's healing we all know what it's like to be around a friend that we can exhale with or we say something that feels like oh it's gonna get a terrible reaction and then all of a sudden they're like oh that's that's okay like come as you are i love you i love you like we'll work on this that is that deep exhale that is so healing that we can give to ourselves at every moment in time if we choose and if we become aware that that's even a possibility so so much of the work that i do is placing these possibilities on a map seeing someone literally just me being a practitioner and seeing my patient on the other end as capable and important and valuable they can now begin it almost gives them permission to see themselves in that light. And especially if we show the contrast, right? Like this is what the behavior and this are the thoughts that, that basically uphold this false belief that you're not important. Now, Now, why would you believe that you're not important? Okay, now we can go and explore this, but let's also bring in that you are and let's begin to integrate the statement through an affirmation, which we can talk a lot about. And I think it definitely starts with that connection and that presence. And in that first visit, I always give them that homework assignment of three minutes hands on heart. We call it the heart-based practice where you actually reconnect, reconnect to yourself, reset by returning home to the present moment. And remember who, what, and where you are in the space of three minutes. You can literally shift the dial. And this is something that I teach everyone minute. I call it 3.01. Everyone knows when they're on the first three minutes of a run, it can be excruciating, but you get to minute 3.01 and you're good to go. We can apply this experiential this lived experience to everything so let's say we're in a distressed situation or we need some space take that three minutes like make that statement that i'm changing this experience i'm shifting my state i'm shifting into a healing mode out of distress into being plugged in calm, connected, remembering the truth of who I am versus getting caught up in the densities and the weights of the world, getting caught up in all of the all of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's just going to keep me away from reclaiming my power and I'm gonna to choose to reclaim it no matter what because I don't know what to do. So I'm gonna go within and tap into my internal compass energy speaks volumes and you don't even have to say a word this isn't it's like you set the intention of i want to break this pattern i want it to shatter in the present moment and i am going to be the one to change it and you don't need to waver you can actually energetically back every choice you make with confidence knowing that your intentions are pure so going to your heart and actually shifting Actually using your intention, actually using all the knowledge we know of placebo and belief and begin to believe in yourself versus all of these things that are falling down around you. Start to believe in yourself by just literally placing one hand, both hands over your heart and feeling your heartbeat affirming your life. Like literally, like this is like, there's so much packed into this three minute exercise, you know?
0: Oh, I love it. I'm do. I mean, we don't take time. Ever to acknowledge our corporeal selves, right? Like our, unless we're working out, right? Yeah. Here's where we are all day. We're here. Yeah. We're here. Who likes me? Who um, followed me today? What number, you know, what's in my bank account? What number's in my bank account? There's just, it is so easy. It is scary easy to disconnect yeah. from, and, and de anchor ourselves from our physical presence. So when you do that simple practice of placing your hands on your heart, I mean, I feel it. I feel. Immediately, more anchored. Even talking and not not doing it in a calm setting. So, and guys, by the way, I did a blog post a while back, and I'm going to link it in show notes where Brooke and I talk about this heart based practice. It's in a great simple graphic: reconnect, reset, remember. And you can save it as a picture on your phone. So I'll link this in show notes, and you can go right to the blog post and get this. Save it as a favorite in your albums. And this practice, I promise you, will help you to reconnect. How, Doctor Brooke? This is a question that I think a lot of people have. How do we separate ourselves and our sense of self-worth from our feelings and get rid of that damaging internal dialogue that can really prevent us from feeling healthy?
2: Absolutely. So I think this is where, and this is one of the things that I appreciate so much about you and your work and just like really being authentic and real with everyone. We all have both. Like, but that's not who we are. That's not what we are. And we forget to remember. And every time we forget, we remember more. We deepen. This is what growth really Looks like right. So when we talk about something like presence a year ago, it means something different now. And this is where acknowledging ourselves helps us to actually like in this world. If we don't acknowledge ourselves, we will lose ourselves in the blink of an eye. And so in terms of self worth, it will always come back. But we have to be committed to that conversation. We have to be committed to that journey. We can't just abandon it and expect to just have it back in the blink of an eye. It's not, It's more about like overarching and underlying. That is our commitment to ourselves, to have self-confidence, to improve our self-worth, to get to know who we truly are, and not just to skip to loving ourselves, but to actually learning how to like ourselves, to getting to know ourselves through Mm -hmm. a commitment to unconditional non-judgment, unconditional observation, through unconditional compassion, which takes that ebb and flow and that realization of like when we realize we're you know getting caught up in a dead end or we have it are a pattern has us hook, line, sink, or gone. It's just that re- recognition that okay, I can take my power back, I can reset, and I can shift. And I have seen it time and time again with each patient that I've worked with, and within myself as well. Where when we make that decision, it doesn't matter how gone we are, we come back because Mm -hmm. it's our choice it's all under our jurisdiction and so that's how we can click into our power it doesn't have to take like going to a mountain in tibet it takes your choice it takes taking command over your choice it takes recognizing that you even have a choice and it takes being big enough and having that expansion enough to allow all the dark and the light to coexist, but choosing the light, like every time, like, oh, as a through line, if you make this choice, you will have more peace. You will feel more empowered than if you choose this over here, but we can become addicted to this because try to get yes. you have circuits of chaos through old ways that just don't serve.
0: And and just to play therapist for a second, the reinforcement we get in today's world with social media, with um, outside forces telling us, "Oh, you're great because," or "I love you because," yeah. you have to disconnect. I remember people, you know, saying, "I don't understand why you would leave a career in TV." And you, and not that this is some grand big job, but this is a great example of separating the ego from the self. I, it to me, it's never about how the world validates you because at night when you wake up. And it's that moment before you gain consciousness, but you're not quite asleep. And I find that is the moment where you can tell immediately if you're happy with where your life is, the decisions you've made, how you're treating your relationships, how you're treating your children. You have to learn to separate what the world tells you of who you are and what your worth is from what you know you're worth to be. Those spiritual gifts, the way you connect with others. And I just... You know, I I feel like it's a lesson for younger people these days. While we can use the tools at our fingertips to help make our jobs easier, we have to be so wary of connecting our self worth to what others tell us we are, because it is really it's just a really easy trap to fall into. And and anyway, I just I, this is why I love you, Doctor Burke. Okay, so we were on step two. We talked about taking on that empowered perspective, the heart based practice. After we begin to dig in in that meaningful way know who we are, start to connect with what it is that makes us truly happy, what's the follow-up step in that.
2: And I kind of want to, um, if you don't mind, I want to mention something based on what you just said about upholding that image and how so much goes into maintaining that image. Think about how much energy we give away to that and take away from ourselves, right?
0: <laughs> it's crazy. And you know what? Can I just throw this out there too? I recently did a purge on Instagram. Um, it, it it was like getting rid of all my pictures that weren't directly work-related. It yeah. was like soul euphoria to me yeah. I, I just purging all of this stuff that I put there out about who I was at that point in time. I yeah. it, I reeled it back in and I'm like, okay, now here's what you get. And this yeah. is, you know, it, these small acts of reclaiming our presence can be very powerful. At least I found that they were
2: a hundred percent. Even like, like I saw that you were doing the closet clean and all, you know, it's like, those are, statements of rearranging and letting light in come into who you are now. I actually think that's a huge gift we can give to ourselves and the people in our lives that reclaims our energy and actually assists in health big time is by giving yourself the gift of seeing yourself for who you truly are now and other people too getting to know them now this has the power i work with a lot of couples and this has the power to literally reignite relationships like it has by getting to know who your partner is now by getting to know who you are now it sets it free we can either have Mm -hmm. relationships with a bunch of different people or we can have a new one with our you know with ourselves with our partners as we move along i love that it's like a new person has permission to show up every couple of years but it's true, we change, right? You know? <laughs> Absolutely, and it's like getting to know, like it's setting it free too. It's 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 like releasing that that entrapment of these old identities and right. letting light in. We so we hang on to these things like like they're going to like help save us on some level, but we're just scared of moving forward. But it is, there's nothing there for us anymore. Right. Sometimes right. sometimes it's just that realization that can shift us forward.
0: You know, I love it. I love it. Okay, so you know I love a good concrete, practical thing. Yeah. I mean, We've begun to reconnect. Let's get back on track with how you, how you tend to work with clients. I know there's no like step by step for everyone. It'll kind of look differently. But what are some other good ways people can begin to shift their perspective and change their habits to improve their physical health?
2: Absolutely. So the things that I most look at, I think that daily exposures and things that we're choosing on a daily basis have the power to dr- drastically change our life experience. So I look a lot at diet. I look a lot at taking certain things out of the diet and then reintroducing in it. And this actually has a lot to do with these energetic components and knowing ourselves as well, knowing how our physical symptoms come about. And so I find that diet is a perfect journey to take people on to where we can actually have the self-awareness and learn instead set. New baseline. The things that I look at taking out are typically gluten and dairy, at least for a time, so we can reestablish what that relationship looks like. For a lot of people, we'll take out alcohol, we'll look at taking out things like legumes, like soy, like gluten free grains, even at times, of course, processed food, of course, sugar. And then we're left with a really nutrient dense diet, things like animal proteins. Fats, healthy carbs, meaning vegetables, fruit, t- typically gluten-free grains are included in that water, tea, coffee, all of those things, nut milk. And so, and then we reintroduce and we see what that looks like. So that's typically where we'll start, and then we'll also bring in a certain certain supplement protocols to help to basically lay the groundwork to just make healing easier to shift people into. healing mode and then of course if detox capacity is off we want to address that right away the two things i look for with detox capacity is are my patients sleeping are they sweating and then also we look at digestion and elimination are you physically letting go right like are you actually creating capacity in these reservoirs so that healing energy and freedom energy can be liberated within the body because our bodies are naturally healing at all times. Our hair is always growing. Our skin is always regenerating. And somehow we forget that. And we feel like we have to preserve the physical body versus like live and be alive and right. alive life to flow through us. So.
0: I love that reminder. What about someone who might not be able to come in and see you go through this customized plan, but they are interested in rooting out anything that may be weighing them down mentally or physically from the diet component. Should Do you suggest they start, um, I mean, obviously, like you said, the sleep schedule and trying to get more meaningful rest. Um let's tackle that first. What are some tips that people can begin to reset their clocks in that way? Anything they can do every night to make sure they're getting more healing rest?
2: Absolutely. So there are so many things that they can do for sleep and sleep starts good sleep starts at the beginning of the day. And actually what I loved is I saw one of the questions come in from a viewer and it asked they were they said that they were battling insomnia. So yes. first thing I would say was let's end the war let's take that word battle out and let's address this from from the beginning of the morning what time are you waking up in the morning are you getting sunlight five to ten minutes even twenty at times is recommended for that good dose and setting that circadian rhythm if you can't get outside or you don't want to be outside there are lights that actually set your circadian rhythm that you can use in the morning and in the afternoon so let's start there Are you moving throughout the day? Are you engaging in the day? Or are you just stuck in your head feeling paralyzed, right? If that's the case, that's going to be a different sort of treatment plan. Let's actually begin to connect and engage in activity to get that moving and actually going so that you are actually physically tired at night, right? Mm -hmm. And Emotionally, you feel like you've cleared the noise because you've actually engaged the change versus just staying stuck in your head with it, you're pulling it out of the ether and you're bringing it in to, to reality. And so from that space, after all of those boxes are kind of checked, we wanna make sure your immune system's feeling good, you're feeling safe to go into a deep rest, which will often mean turning off technology about an hour before bed, and actually you know, making sure your room is dark, the room is cold, if that's your, your preference, making sure your bed's comfortable, all of that good stuff. But then we wanna look at nutrient deficiencies, which for a lot of people can be a, a severe magnesium deficiency. And that's always where I start night with sleep but there yeah. are also like other protocols like if that for example doesn't work maybe we'll look at bringing in a melatonin just to shift them into sleep right away but that will typically people will still kind of typically wake up between one to three so we need a through line we need to carve out that depth whether it's through extended release or that magnesium aspect of it um and so we want to look at that and there are there are multiple more ways to address and sleep but that's mm-hmm. not the problem okay. Like typically.
0: Okay. So that's a great answer to that question. We were about to transition into viewer questions here. So insomnia, early rising time, I heard too, Dr. Brooke getting out and getting your naked eye into naked sunlight, not through. Yeah. A window. And because I never knew this, but this, this was a neurologist that was on a podcast and he said, there is a type of wavelength that almost it goes into your eye and like activates the day and yeah. it, it changes your frequency so that your body recognizes that it's yeah. time going. I never thought about that so i try to you know stick my <laughs> i don't do it every day but you know that was helpful to me too i don't battle insomnia but i found that helpful too
2: oh 100% you can actually feel it. you feel like almost like more cl- crystal clear certain right. things certain this is what's wild we don't really know it's available to us until we try some of these healthy changes at times. Right. So something like going into direct sunlight or eating in a certain way. So I've had experiences where I felt like the most immense health that I couldn't believe. I wasn't aware that was available to me. And now that I know it's available, it's like, how could I ever go back? You like know? What? what are you doing? Tell, tell us what preceded that moment. Well, you know, there are so many things, but, but for people, I think diet is a huge yeah. one. So for me specifically, and this is, everybody's different. I find everybody's on a spectrum, especially based on their nervous system tendencies. So I find that a lot of patients do better with like higher animal protein and higher mm-hmm. fat, actually healthy fats. Other people are more balanced. Other people go more on the side of vegan vegetarianism and thrive on those diets. Right. So this is typically based on mm-hmm. nervous stem compatibility and what we're up to. Right. Awesome. I,
0: and I, by the way, a second, the magnesium supplement has changed my life. I sleep like a baby. I have this powdered magnesium supplement by moon juice. I'll link it in show notes. I'm not a doctor. Yes. And you know, I was taking the capsules for the longest time, but I experience a true feeling of revitalized energy in the morning. I never woke up feeling rested and I interestingly was reading a Facebook post of a friend of mine who's a registered um, nutritionist and she talked about the link between a lack of magnesium in people's diets and mental health issues and yes. how chronic <clears throat> excuse me exhaustion and depletion of that mineral in particular can yes. really impact your mental health and I was like okay let me try this I, I you know it's that worked for me so anyway I second no,
2: that that's incredible and I'll just say something yeah click on there, Sunny. Um, so the the difference that I find with the diet is similar to something mentally and emotionally. So for example, I actually for a very long time didn't realize the difference between being full and feeling satiated. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that most people don't have an experience with in this day and age because when you're satiated you're, you're like good like it's there's nothing that comes along with it other than it's like this perfect level that you can just proceed on the day with and I think it's actually that's very similar to the difference between being busy and productive like productive as like that through line of what's truly gratifying what's truly creating momentum you know love it I, I I'm did a
0: whole episode on intuitive eating with a friend of mine who's cool. so I'll, I'll drop that in but I she talked about what you're saying is like recognizing the difference between satiated and overly full so maybe sure we can do a separate episode on that I love that all right let's get into the rest of these viewer questions we hit cool. insomnia another person writes in to say that she clenches her jaw when she's sleeping So I'm adding what could possibly cause that and how do you address that
2: yeah, I would say, you know, it sounds like a rollover of distress on some level. So, what we'd want to look at is the tension. Just typical things to alleviate some of the tension could be things like acupuncture. Weirdly enough, I think retainers can be really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and on a, a side note, there, then looking into the deeper issues of, okay, what's causing the tension? What's coming up in your life? And that could be mental, emotional, relational, spiritual, physical, any of the above. But that's really important to look at and to address.
0: Call your therapist is what I'm hearing. Okay, yeah. love it. I love <laughs> therapy. I love therapy This is the best.
2: Okay, psoriasis, possible causes and how to treat. Okay. So typically I find psoriasis has to do with daily exposures with diet, typically gluten and dairy or, uh, or like a, a chemical in processed food and a sugar overload, but typically it's toxic overload. One of the biggest things, just like I said, kind of end the war instead of battling insomnia, address insomnia. When it comes to psoriasis, it's very important to see that your body is working for you. It is detoxing for you. If it wasn't turning into psoriasis, it would be turning into something much more dense internally. And so it's it's important to be grateful, but it's also important to address it and to not neglect it and just cover it up. It's very important to work with with the root cause there and see what the mismatch is. And you said it, a diet is one way to address it. You said extra sugar could be at the root? I think excess sugar, processed food, gluten and dairy are primarily the issues I find. And I think alcohol, if it's a mismatch, some people do really well with certain types of alcohol. This is a whole nother conversation, but, uh, but it's actually, there are certain alcohols that match different people where people will not get hangovers. They will be fine. They will enjoy it. There's nothing kind of like, uh, like be like, it's, it's much Certain people do well with certain alcohols, but I find when it's not a match, that's when fl- massive amounts of flare-ups right. can also occur.
0: Good to know. Okay. Um, I love this one because we as women uh, tend to deal with this a lot. How do I get myself to stop overcommitting?
2: Yes. Okay. So first things first, this person is already on the right track because she's aware of it. And the second thing I'm going to say is is it's going to be so simple and you're probably going to get annoyed at me and I'll go a little bit deeper into it. But the, the thing is, is to stop, like to actually stop. So for example, if you want to exercise, instead of thinking about it, actually do it, just do it. That will clear the noise. Now, we also need to look at the underpinnings, right? Like, why are we over committing? Like, do we have a sense of scarcity when it comes to time? You know, what are we doing that um, where we don't have the time? is it validating you know our importance do we have FOMO right like um I actually saw a quote on Instagram called Jomo the joy of missing out I'm like so um but literally like what is actually going on there is important to look at but but at the end of the day It's also learning a completely new language of how to interact with these situations. So even practicing, let's say there's a commitment and you know, you don't want to actually commit to it. Well, maybe you instead of reflexively responding, take a moment for the first time and say, okay, Let me check with my schedule and get back to you. Or I'm unclear. I'm going to stay in the moment on this one. It's going to be a last minute decision. If that's not okay with those people, that's fine. Then it's just not a fit. It doesn't work for you. It's not in sync with you in that moment. And so, so often it's giving ourselves permission to get the full array of choices and finding a language that matches our truth. And sometimes that state takes sitting with it.
0: Yeah. I like that. Give yourself a pause before you respond. Yeah and Sorry. let that feeling rise. Okay. Gosh, this one I have to say really hit me. This is um from a, a mother. She says, "I have a fear of dying early since my parent did, especially now that I have kids." This is something that I joke about. I have medical anxiety, like you like you would not believe, Dr. Brooke. Mm-hmm. If I have a bump on my knee, it's yeah. cancer. If I have a fever, it's meningitis. Mm-hmm. How in the hell do I get myself to stop? And you know what's strange? Yeah. Is that this, especially this survival desire went, spun out of control as soon as I had kids. It was like, boom, I, I'm afraid of dying all of a sudden. Yeah. So I love that someone asked this question.
2: I love this too and I actually have you know I'm so glad it's brought up because I can't tell you how almost I would say 50% of the moms I work with this happens right after they have children And an immediate
0: change in the brain
2: or something. I think it's like that survival sort of mechanism. Like, for example, jealousy is a survival mechanism often because it's actually like if you look at biology, it's it's actually built as a protective mechanism to protect the family unit. And so 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 the way through is to basically begin to see certain things as these survival mechanisms and not to buy into them, not to get caught up in them, but to know that that's normal. Like there's nothing wrong with you, you are not broken. To have a fear of dying is very, very natural. Now, what you can do about it is begin to see it as a natural part of the process. For example, when we talk about emotional eating, that's normal, everybody has emotional ties to eating, but just even saying like, okay, that's something that I can deal with. Now all of the shame and the guilt and the blame and all of this insidious sort of uh, underpinnings can now drop and we can actually look at it for what it is. And what I would say would be to actually shift gears, allow this to be, you don't need to pretend it doesn't exist because that actually gives even more power over to it. But what we can do is focus on affirming life and making choices that affirm our life and that bring us into a felt experience of vitality to where we are intricately connected to our health to our bodies to where we know we're probably like not going to die if I'm or where there's much less of a chance if I'm pouring in my energy into my life and into the connections that are important to me now aside from that of course there's therapy of course there's shifting your perception based on your spiritual belief system or just your perspective in general you can tweak the dial and maybe it doesn't become as much of a thing based on that sort of work that you're doing as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. I love that. And the final question was just someone wrote fear. So I kind of added just moving past fear in general. Um, is it similar to what we just discussed about with the young mother?
2: I would say it has two, like, there's two parts to it. And this is why like I kind of named like a lot of my work and the project that we're up to let go and grow because there's this growth oriented piece that requires expansion, right? To allow fear and love and all of the things to, coexist but then there's also that letting go piece that release that deep exhalation and that continuous exhalation that makes it easier to breathe through the fear but actually if we can level our perception and recognize that fear is normal it is a survival mechanism it's there for a reason it's not something we need to divide ourselves from we can actually lean into it acknowledge it and 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 actually go into a constructive conversation with it to where we're we're putting out that we want it to be solution oriented and also that we're interested in shifting it into a state that's more neutral, that doesn't, isn't continuously triggering us. So that's where they would go with the fear. And that has a lot to do with that connection versus getting caught up and think or gone.
0: What types of meditation or mindfulness do you suggest for beginners? Because I'm hearing what you're saying is a lot of this work um, sort of revolves around pausing, recognizing, acknowledging. So in order to get to that space of awareness, people sometimes have to physically plant themselves somewhere like I do in my closet. So what are some apps or some practical ways people who are new at this can start? Because it sounds like that's the first step before you can start to heal.
2: I absolutely love that. And I would say the heart-based practice is a great resource, but setting yourself up for success by keeping it simple. So three minutes a day, whether it's setting an alarm. So time and space is real, right? Like in order to actually accomplish anything, we need time and we need the space to do it. So choosing a space in your home that's comfortable, that feels good, that you can unwind in, and then setting a time, whether that's through an alarm clock, that you can literally drive your body there, drive your mind there, and actually walk into that space and drop into it literally even if it feels like a robot place those hands on your heart and actually commit to engaging with yourself in that time and i think that that's a great way to start or choosing a meditation practice a different kind of meditation practice that feels more that feels more uh, uh more, that's more fit to you whether that's through an app like headspace um inscape there's a ton of incredible apps out there that people love but it's really finding what you feels like a, like a pull but not getting caught up if it doesn't because certain things will just continuously give back and have this cumulative effect things like exercise and this is where this idea of the minute 3.01 is so effective because it's like not everything is going to be so great right off the bat but over time like we know that we're making this statement to our systems and it's all about empowering ourselves and healing ourselves and in that we begin to free up the energy that's available to us
0: I just listened to this amazing podcast um, with Tim Ferriss and Jerry Seinfeld, and it focused on um, Jerry Seinfeld's systems, the practices, the daily things that he does that encourages his creativity. And just like you're saying, gives him space to let the words for writing rise, let the talent rise, let the, you know, um, the positive energy rise. And it is shocking to me how many insanely successful people do exactly what you're saying, like, to to do right now, which is um, carve out time, make a schedule for yourself because um, chaos does not a healthy person make. But I don't know why that was a revelation to me. I'm like, oh my God, you know, he's not just the genius who sits down and the words pour forth from his pen. You know, he actually sits down and makes time to- let those things happen. And it was just really impactful and powerful to me. And so it kind of feels like a full circle moment here, hearing you say the same things that our healing comes when we make time, when we have systems, routines, practices. And um, I, I know I'm more inspired now than ever to, to get going on all this stuff
2: i love that and just a couple just a couple of other quick notes like even when someone's taking supplements or eating healthy or going to the grocery store all of these things can be spiritual practices and it's really asking like what is the vibration that i want to reflect into myself and what do I want to message into myself so as you're going through the grocery store being intentional as you're taking your supplements knowing why like knowing what you're up to and using that awareness to your benefit but it's so true it's like when we look at reality we can recognize each choice does have a consequence you know and that's not something we really think much about but it's true and so if we can start the conversation based on authenticity and reality well now we're walking on solid ground which actually dramatically releases anxiety that anxiety of the image on some level like okay where am I not you know showing up and obviously there there's way more to that it can be all kinds of things but um but I always think that that reality is such a good starting place and using our everyday choices in a different way. It's not always what we're doing. It's how we're doing it. And that's how energetically we can show up and kind of bring it all full circle too.
0: I love it. Like music to my ears. Dr. Burke, tell us what you have cooking for 2021, any special programs, anything happening where people can participate in a healthier lifestyle with your help.
2: Absolutely. So we have actually a mind body reset that's already launched, but we're relaunching it again together um, on let backslash mind body reset. And so I'm so excited about that. We also have other kind of things in the works for Let them grow that we're letting kind of take place and hold organically. So that's kind of what we have going on at the moment.
0: And you guys have to tune into her, I think they're on Sunday, Instagram videos that you do where you take a topic, yeah. break it down, and you help us um, approach it from a different perspective. So what's your Instagram handle, Dr. Brooke?
2: It's at D-R-B-R-O-O-K-E-S-T-U-A-R-T. So at Dr. Brooks Stewart. And that's actually was definitely an offspring sort of thing of the, the pandemic because I was sitting here at home and I'm like, I have nothing to do. And I've always wanted to do these videos. And so it's turned into this thing that we call Heartbeat. And every Sunday we send out this Heartbeat email newsletter with the video component. And then we break it down in, into notes because I'm, it's, it's kind of, and it's what's cool is The way it's set up is that we're really able to be in the moment of it and so i take what i'm learning that week with my patients and what seems to be coming up in those moments and then bring them into a video and so it's it's been so much fun
0: you have an awesome community too so i love seeing people's responses back and talking about ways that your words have impacted them so it's great Um, dr rook i adore you and i adore everything you do and stand for so thank you for coming on my show again
2: Thank you so much, Sunny. It's such an honor to be here.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it so much. All right, guys. We will put all of the things that Brooke mentioned, including websites, the things that I directly referenced during the episode in show notes. So make sure you check that out. I am grateful for you all either watching or listening today. Do me a favor. Please take a minute and leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts in particular. It actually makes a huge difference in getting these shows out to people who might find them interesting or helpful. I'm grateful for you and the time you spent with me today. Check out more blog posts that are health and motherhood and beauty related at sunny.me. In the meantime, we will see you next week with more goodness right here on We Gotta Talk. Bye.